Oh shit! I heard the best. Turn me up. Turn me up. You're up. You're up. Really? I don't hear myself. Really? I heard the best shit on the radio. Turn day. your headphones up. Wait. Okay. It was uh, who does like phone taps? Like Z100 or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure every morning fucking wacky yeah. Mardik Zoo in yeah. the world does phone That's taps. That's what it was. It was like, and they prank people or whatever. Yeah. And he, um, the chick was like, yeah, my husband hates um, the TV infomercials that go on and on about buy these CDs, buy those CDs. Uh-huh. So, dude, he, they Sitting call up this dude. Sitting on the dock of <laughs> yeah. the bird. So they call up this dude and... Uh, they ch- pretend to be like, um, you know, order the CDs, Sounds of the Caribbean, Sounds of the Caribbean. So they're like, you know, they play Boombastic and uh, they play like, um, you know, like, you know, this girl, her name is Maxie. They're playing all these songs. Yeah. Like so, Rasta stuff. Yeah. Okay. So he, he calls this dude and and uh, he's like, Sounds of the Caribbean, get all the CDs now. And the dude goes, what? Who the fuck is this? Who are you? And the dude goes, and, uh, who am I? And then he starts going into, who am I? I was like, they fucking playing that out. It was so fucking perfect. Well, I was going to say, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but um, but it, uh, something you need to know is that... They are planned out? Yeah. Really? There's no, you can't, that sucks. You can't, you can't be on, you can't be on a radio. You can't, they can't record you for radio without getting your permission first. Right. It's a law. So there's no way. They're all pre-recorded. So whenever you, yeah, what the way that that works in morning radio, especially nowadays, back in the day, it, it was different, you know. But but now with the FCC and all the rules and how milk toast everything is, the way that that works is that there's actual companies that create this content and then they they sell it to the radio stations and then the radio stations distribute it to their morning jocks and then make them do it. So like here you'll hear <clears throat> whoever these uh, idiots <laughs> well, I shouldn't call them idiots, I mean. Mm-hmm. But you oh, know, it was Duran and the Z Yeah, whatever, zoo. the zoo guys like yeah. the, hey hey hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Those dudes, you'll uh you'll hear them do a bit. If you were in Texas someplace, it would be the same exact bit except with their two dudes. A uh, week. And they, and they, and they, and the people that are on the other line are actors. They hire uh, actors. I was like that. that was so perfect the way he's like, "Who are you?" And all of a sudden it's, "Who am I?" <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh, shit. Yeah, they've probably done that a thousand times in different markets different it's proven yeah. it's tested and ah. shit i know i know it sucks you want it to be uh off the cuff but it's I not know. they gave me a good chuckle but that's why um that's why fucking why podcasts are so awesome that's why podcasts are so awesome yeah because two people who don't know what they're doing can sit in a studio and just ramble about things mm-hmm. and people will listen to them like dicks like dick switches and <laughs> oh i introduced to her whole family to the dick switch we had the dinner table last night researching it Oh really? At yeah. dinner? At, yeah. at your birthday dinner? Yeah. Well, it was her birthday dinner, but you know, mine's close enough. Well, you got a bunch of uh, happy birthdays on our social media accounts because so we're recording the show on Wednesday. We normally do it on Tuesday, but uh, you were going out to dinner with your girlfriend for for I guess for both of your birthdays, though, right? Yeah, your close. birthday's on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and I put up that uh, that you were doing that, and we weren't going to record a show, and that we will be recording a show the next night, which is now tonight. And got a bunch of happy birthday Richies, but I also got a bunch of little of concern <laughs> about how fucked up you were going to get on your birthday dinner. Uh, no, I was or good. how uh, air shrimp tired you were going to uh, get. No, I wasn't tired. We uh, we went to Jose Tejas, so I didn't have any Thai food. <laughs> Strictly Mexican. There was no Thai food in the bathrooms of Jose Teos no, or no, uh, any of that? Not. Actually, I've been doing really good, but it's like giving me crippling anxiety, so it sucks. You were telling me this before the uh, before the show, so let's, yeah. let's expand this a little bit. So, so for anybody who listens to the show, I'm sure you understand, you know, one of the, the, the biggest uh, threads throughout the show is, is RTG's 
struggling with a certain thing that a lot of people in um, in the United States are struggling with right now, and uh, and you've and you've really have and I'm I could say this I'm saying this is that from what I've seen minus some fits and starts and, and some valleys and and uh, you know the the fight that we got into right before I left for Iceland and all that stuff but minus that still want that chicken parm and <laughs> never getting it <laughs> and it's just that is that chicken parm will be your first meal when you're clean and sober <laughs> you know what i don't remember shit about that day but i can see the tray of chicken parm <laughs> that's like the only the only memory i have <laughs> um so m- minus a few uh you know little stumbles and falls there uh, i can honestly say from an outside observer although i i really only see you twice a week and only for a few hours but you have been doing so much better than you were previously, especially, I'd say, probably this time last year, yeah? Yeah, well, I actually was thinking about this last night. Like, I was thinking about myself, like, the previous three years leading up to this year, and I could say that, like, not just my behavior-wise or whatever, but, like, my mindset and the way I think about it, it's it's totally an improvement, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I guess because... When you're deep in it, and I guess I was in a lot of, you know, a lot of legal trouble and in like kind of a state of hopelessness, you really don't give a shit. Right. You know, so that just leads to more self-destructive behavior. Right. And I would validate it to myself by being like, well, what the fuck do I have to live for? I might as well get fucked up. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But now that like I'm out of that shit. You know, I worked my way out of trouble and I took care of my shit. Now, like I'm in a mindset of, all right, now it's time to do better. Okay. So I guess it's it's helping it and you know just really this fucking crippling anxiety I can't get over is really the only re- cuz it's not fun. You know, there's no fun in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just for me to like feel better. Well, you you've you you've know? fallen into the the weird thing about a, a, a heroin addiction is that it, it always it always follows the same steps for every person. Like it's almost like the story is pre-written, and then once you enter that one little chasm of life, if you decide to take that path, it's almost like you could look to the billions or however many millions of people before you and see the way. There's only like it, 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 there's only two ways that it could end. Obviously, but the steps to getting to that fork in the road are almost always the same step for step for every person ever. It's it's crazy the way that works, you yeah. know. And uh, it's so I, you know, I was worried about you for a long time. I'm still worried about you, but I think you're you're in. You fell into what we've always heard about the, uh, uh, that type of addiction is that you're just doing it to feel. You're not doing it to get high and have fun. Like you were in the beginning, you're doing it to to not be sick to maintain. Correct? Is that am I right in that assumption yeah. for the most part? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I mean, I don't get like crippling sick. You know, I, I do maintain a status of where I don't allow myself to get like crippling sick, but I do like kind of like diminish off into like barely doing anything. But then you know, it kind of makes me feel the way I did before I ever did drugs. And I hate that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, What's that feeling? That super anxiety feeling that I used to just booze away. Right. You know, and I don't really drink anymore. And it uh, to me, it's a lot of work to, like, get drunk. Right. You know, it's like takes a lot of time. Right. You know, and you just want that feeling to go away. And Right. 
you know? No, I, I get it. And, and me and you are the same in that. Um, well, me and you are in the same in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, we grew up getting fucked up with each other from day one. And, uh, and I think in a lot, and, and we've, and, and I, I'm sure that the, like the group of friends that we've rolled with and, and the peripheral people in our lives would probably say that me and you were probably the worst of everybody, you know, like me, if there was a party, me and you were probably always apt to be the most fucked up people at that party. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that we both, number one, I think that's one of the reasons that we, we, we became and stayed good friends for so long. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just saying kindred spirits wise, you yeah. know, but then number two, I think it's also because we were, we work, I, I was, I guess what I'm saying is I was doing the same thing. Like I, like the, I've never, I didn't take it as far as you've taken it. Um, but as far as the alcoholism goes and, and, and the, some drug use when I was younger was always kind of a way for me to, 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 to stop this pretty much crippling anxiety that I've had my whole life. Yeah. You know, it's only been recently in my mid thirties that I've tried another approach to, to, uh, to handle that anxiety. And it's kind of been working that I've actually been able to, to kind of taper down on the drinking. And, and now I, I literally only will drink if it's for, if there's a party or I feel like going out and celebrating or something like that. And, and I mean, I'll still get messed up, you know, like I got black, I, I went to a party on July 3rd and, and, uh, we were talking, we were talking about it, uh, before the show. And, and my plan was first was I'm going to go there with my brother and, uh, and his, and his wife and, and his kid. Yeah, that script flipped. And once they, and once they leave, I'm going to get out, you know, cause I don't want to do too much drinking to my brother, my brother and his kid are leaving and they're like, we're going. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to catch the next train out of there. <laughs> and then, and then that group of people are like, we're leaving. And at that point I was half blacked out and I was like, well, I was dying. and then I got blackout drunk and you know what I mean? Like I'll still do that kind of shit. But it's it's not it's it's not that thing where I get I still have anxiety, but now I kind of try to handle it in a different way through meditation, through breathing and stuff like yeah. that. And I think that's where you need to get. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I, I consider it, and I see that it works and shit. And it's not like I just dismiss shit without even like thinking about it. But I just just I just know what works for me, and I just. No, that wouldn't fucking work just because of how my brain works. Well, okay, you know? this is this it annoys me about you, and you know Why? this. Why is that you you will ne- you're so close minded when it comes to things, and and <laughs> that you won't even give it a chance. Like you say, I know what works for me. You have no idea what works for you. You don't you don't have any idea because you've never tried it. You know what doesn't work for you, or what works for you and is really bad for you at the same time. But you you have to be willing to try different things. And I know the whole like I talk about meditation a lot because it, it, it 100% has changed my life and I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of it. Um, and I see people's eyes roll when I start talking about it. I get it. And, I, and, and a, two years ago, I probably would have done the same thing. We're like, oh, God, what the fuck, you know, meditation, you know. But, uh, but until, until you get to such a bottom of a place where I believe, and there's no, no rip on you, but I believe you're kind of at, as far, as far as the point of, I'm not saying that you're at the bottom because you're in the gutter and, and you're at the worst you've ever been with the drug abuse and you don't have any money and all that. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that you're at a bottom in the point where you've reached a point, almost a fork in the road, where you're saying to yourself, shit needs to change. You know, right? Am, am I correct with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, like, if I just get rid of the, the 
the habit, then I really have no problems with myself. You know what I mean? Right. I'm a, I'd be a totally happy person. It's, that's the only thing holding you back from and, anything. And so what's keeping the habit now? Is, is, it, is it one part you're afraid of the anxiety that you're going to suffer without it? Is it, is it one part the, the, you don't want to go through the, un, the, what you're going to have to go through to get clean, which will include you know, some really bad nights for a while? Yeah. Um, or is, is there also that thing of you do, you, you do still have kind of a passion for that drug and you don't want to take it out of your life? It's probably a little bit of each. Like, yeah. you know, I, I hate the fucking withdrawals, you know what I mean? But I've done it before. And I've done it before to the point where I was on nothing. You know, I was off the Suboxone and I was clean. And I, I love nothing. Hate, <laughs> I don't. But I, it was like, you know, I just didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like the way anything was. Everything sucked. I was bored out of my fucking mind. It is boring. Yeah. I, I'll give you that much. Uh, but, um, but... Like, nothing interested me. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. You got to find some shit that interests you. I have shit that interests me. It's just that, you know, being sober sucks. And it's like, it's just, even things that do interest me don't when I'm not fucked up. Like, okay, so let's, like, we've been talking about the band thing, right? Like, you love playing the drums. What if you were to get back into seriously playing the drums? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I feel like my, my drug addiction started once we stopped playing music. Right. So it was total void filler. Uh huh. You know, so. But I, you also would get fucked up to play music too. Smoke weed. Yeah. Okay. That's right. fair you know, enough. I, I would never consider someone that smokes weed a drug addict. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying, smoking weed doesn't fucking. You don't lose things in your life from it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying, yeah, right. But what I'm saying is like, is there like the like like I you know when I play guitar I I could I prefer to play guitar sober. You know, like I do like smoking some weed and, and, and playing around with my delay pedals and shit like that. But but if I'm performing in a band, you know, like maybe a beer or two to to, to kind of get some fucking stage courage and shit. But I never really was like enjoyed being fucked up and playing because it, it playing enough was enough of a high for me. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing it correctly. So, I was, you know, I, I, I would never have been the type, the Jimi Hendrix type to fucking drop a ton of acid and go out on stage and play. Oh, never. You know? No. I mean, I, I, I've played maybe, I've never, out of all the shows we have ever played, I've never been high on the drugs that I take now. Maybe like two or three shows we played, I was on coke and it was actually really fun, but I would never want to do that for a show or anything yeah I, right it was never a desire i always smoked weed and i i feel like that made it a little more enjoyable for me but like it was just weed yeah so, yeah you know it's not like i didn't have to be fucked up to play right you know, okay we would just be we would play mostly bars and drinking was just a part of yeah. life it's not like damn i'm not gonna be able to get on stage unless i have a couple of drinks you know yeah right it, and it wasn't that way for me but it does it does help again yeah, with the anxiety totally. it helps everything fucking helps everything. but what, i guess what the reason i was asking you that is uh, is you know would would say you get sober you know would would drumming would, would it be one of those things where you're like i don't enjoy this as much as i did when i was fucked up you know like because there are no i don't even know what it's like to play the drums. okay high. well that's I've good ne- i've never played the drums high well then, we need to, you know, we've been we've been teasing this band for a while. We need to really start that. I mean, I know, yeah. I know, we're getting back into the groove now. I just got back, and we're and, and we're we're solidifying other things in our lives and shit like that. But uh, you know, we've been talking about the band name contest for a while. We even said we we're going to end that today, but that's going to have to go on a couple, a little bit longer because I'm a little lazy. I didn't do all the work I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, the the main thing is that we need to get into a room with Mikey. And we need to fucking start playing. We yeah. need to get you behind those drums and sweating a little bit and feeling better about doing something else besides just working and coming home and doing nothing and doing this two two nights a week. 
and and hopefully you know when when I started this when when we decided to start doing this and I've said this before it was one part that I wanted to get a, a podcast going and hopefully a successful one going because I, I thought that that I would be good at it and and then and then I thought to myself, well, who could I do it with? And then, I, of course, I was like, you know, me and you have such a good rapport, and you're one of the funniest people I've ever met, and we have so many crazy stories, and and we're good with each other. So that was that was a no brainer. I was like, of course, I'm going to ask Richie. But the the thing that solidified that was ever since I came back into the area you were into, that you lived in. Um, I was sitting there thinking, like, how can I help this dude? I don't have money, so I can't. There's nothing I, I can't like grab you by the back of the neck and being like, I'm sending you to a ten thousand dollar rehab. I'm paying mm-hmm. for it. Don't worry, like that kind of shit. Passages Malibu. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have. I don't have that ability. And so I was sitting there, you know, really like scratching my head, being like, what can I do to help my best friend who's like so far down right now? And this was again one of those things. I was like, I could find. I could get him in front of the mic. He could start being funny like he always used to be. Well, you know, and then that's that's a creative outlet. The more creative outlet you have, the more you want to do that. And and, and I think it does help. I think in a certain way that that this podcast itself has helped you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know, for someone that like strives on creativity and not have anything to do, that'll fucking lead you to drugs by itself. Yeah. You know, it's depressing. Right. It's so depressing. Like, the day our band broke up, like, I was the most depressed person in the world. I can't even describe it. Right. You know, like, that's, you know, that's what I fucking lived for. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to do anything else. Well, how come, how come after that you didn't go to try to find another place to play drums? Because that's, I, I have to explain this to so many people. Because it's, that's not how our band was, and I just would not be happy playing with other people right even if they were the best fucking musicians in the world it just wouldn't be fun yeah okay you know that's so you were devoted to that one entity and 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 when that dissolved i mean even if we played a different kind of music or changed everything it wouldn't have made a difference it was just it was us you know what i mean it was okay that's just how it was i got it in my you know head i guess i don't know but that's just how it was like i wouldn't I fucked around with other bands and shit, but it just didn't have the same like flavor to me at all. You know, mm-hmm. it was just it was almost like work. You right. know, I'm like this isn't fun at all. You know, that's true. I mean, there is there is a point in music, and I and I've and I've experienced this too. There is a point in music where it could go from being exciting and like a giant thrill and and uh, to immediately being like just tedious work out of nowhere. And I think that's one of the reasons that I that I wanted to get out of it when I did was because it kind of did start feeling like, you know, I like you, Oh, I got to go to band practice tonight. You know, I wish I was just, and I, and I believe that was me dealing with a bunch of my own bullshit. Um, but, but I, I understand that feeling. I know what you're saying, you know, but okay. I couldn't, I I don't understand people that are like, Oh, I'm going to rehearse for this band of strangers and join the band. Like, how is that fun for you? Well, see, some people, I, I, I believe some, you know, a lot of people come at music from a different direction. Like, they want, they want to, uh, to they, they want it to either make it a career or they'll do whatever they need to do to, to make that their living. Well, they see it as a job. Right, right. Yeah. And so, and so therefore, they're willing to, to do all that where I don't think we ever can, we never, we as musicians never decided that we were going to be that was going to be our careers and we we just wanted to play and make playing as fun as possible and i think that's the reason that those bands were fun and people came to see them is because there was a real sense of like we're enjoying this on stage um but 
we never wanted to make it like a it, it, it was it, as soon as it was work i think me and you were the same in that way whereas as soon as it was work then it was like fuck this yeah. you know that kind of yeah. thing yeah like every time i would hear uh, you know one of us say www.thegrillers.com my fucking toes curled and i want to run off the stage <laughs> <laughs> seriously uh, right you're right and that's why that's why all uh, you know i listen to a lot of podcasts uh, interview podcasts i read a ton of books um, I watch a ton of documentaries. I'm always interested in finding in, in finding out people's process, whether I like them or not. You know, like I fucking I just watched the four hour Tom Petty documentary on Netflix the other day. I I don't dislike Tom Petty, but I'm not also the, the giant a giant fucking Petty head. Yeah. You know, I watched the Eagles documentary. I can't stand the Eagles. What do you mean? Like what leads them to do the things they do? And How, what what led them to to where they got? And 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 what motivated them? And what kept them going in the hard times? And all those things. I'm yeah. very interested in that. And it seems to me that every successful musician not every single one some of them are definitely businessmen like the eagles were straight up businessmen yeah. they just happened to write some good songs but they were winning 100 percent for the money you know they uh but but a lot and it shows uh, right i i think i could feel that sure but i mean they're also the biggest band you know the most played band in the world so but um but i guess what i was getting at is that there's a lot of people that are artists who just happen to and most of the time, it's some sort of luck. Meet up with some sort of person, whether it be a manager or a wife or a friend or something early on in their career where that person is so business-minded. And the two of them come together and form and, and form an entity where it's, you know, the creativity, the creative part never gets spoiled by the business part and the business part never gets spoiled by the creative part. And it seems like 95% of these books and documentaries and, and everything that I read and watch, that's always what happens. Yeah, There's folks. always one person behind that's pushing th- this maniac, you know, this artistic maniac forward and telling them what to do and making the decisions for him. It, and shit that like makes that. total sense. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you're an artistic maniac, like, that like you're not gonna have any business sense because it just doesn't go together and if if you do happen to have both qualities then holy shit you know you were touched by god because i i can't even picture that i've been i and i've been like that and and i and and i am in no way trying to say that me and you are artistic geniuses or anything like that i'm just saying that we we fell farther on the artistic side where we just didn't give a shit about anything else And, and to our detriment for sure. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, you know, people ask me about this podcast. As this podcast is growing and more and more people are listening to it and I'm getting more feedback and everything, um, a, lot of, a, a, a lot of people that have known me and us forever have brought this up to me where they're like, well, how do you plan on making money on that podcast? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you're not going to sell advertising. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely sell advertising on that podcast. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? That's selling out. Aren't you DIY for life and shit like that? And, uh, and, 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 and my response to that is, is that, yeah, when it came to music, I totally was. Like, I never would have, you know, figured out a way to use my music to fucking sell anything, especially like shitty products or, or whatever. But this is a radio show. And the way that radio shows make money is by selling products. Yeah. So I'm not going to have any moral obligation if, if, if once we get to the amount of listeners that we need to, to be able to, to, to make a little bit of money off of maybe pushing a product for the first uh, one minute of the opening of the show that people could fast forward through anyway i don't that doesn't hit my fucking you know diy for nah. life no fucking like i'm 30 fucking six years old it's time to start getting paid for something Seriously. that i did create creatively yeah. you know 
But people ask, but I, I, you'd be surprised how much I've gotten that that question really? from people. Like, well, you're not the type of person to sell out, so how are you going to make money off this podcast? Well, I don't. That's not, you know. So, so I guess that just kind of speaks to the way that we were in the band, and, and right. right now, right. So, anyway, I don't know how we even got on the band thing, but but the anxiety is what we wanted to discuss. So, yeah. Well, I, and, I mean, and and again, I, I the reason I want to discuss it is because I understand it. Yeah, I know you do. And and I've and I've I've drank I've spent thirty four. Well, you know, when did we start drinking? When we were twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah, about that. So let's say. Uh, you know, let's say a good 23 22, years. 23 years of my life uh, drinking much more than any human being should drink and, mo- and most of the time just to suppress the anxiety. Um, and, and, so I, and so I know where you're coming from. Your, your vice uh, became a much more serious vice than now you have to deal with. My vice is something that I, that I could kind of control a little bit more, but we came from the same place, yeah. you know? So, uh, like, what is your anxiety? Like, what, what, it just comes out of nowhere? You, you know what's weird? Um, I wanted to say this before, and I forgot, but this kind of reminded me. The, you know when I don't have anxiety, when I'm not fucked up, is when I have a lot of money. Really? Yeah. And okay. Like, and it's so weird, because it's not even like, that's what I care about. It's not like my biggest thing is like, fuck, I, you know what I mean? How am I going to pay these bills? Like, yeah, ev- you know, everyone's got that problem. Sure. You know, unless Especially you're, nowadays. Unless you got money. You know, but it's, but it's weird, like, I feel like when I do, I have less worries, and the less worries lead to less anxiety. Uh-huh. But I don't know what the anxiety is, because I don't, you know, I, I'm not, like, a miserable person. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy life. I'm, a ha- I'm naturally a happy person. I don't, I never say to myself, I wish things were different. You know, I wish I wasn't a drug addict, but I never say like I wish I had a different life, or I, you know, I wish I have. All, I didn't. I don't have any regrets or anything, but it's just fucking there. You know, I don't know what it is. It's a fucking an alien living inside of me. I don't know what the fuck. It's just there. Well, that's what it's, anxiety is. It, it's it, it it's uh it's something that you know. I think a common misconception is that people there is uh, situational anxiety, like we discussed before, like. Uh, I'm about to give a speech or I'm about to play in front of yeah, people. So, none of that shit so bothers ang- me. Right, right. I'll stand in front of a podium ass naked and tell everyone I'm a drug addict and be fine about it. Really? Maybe you should do that. Maybe that'll be the first thing to break through <laughs> to the fucking... As a I matter of fact, at, at our 100 review party, you'll stand ass naked and uh, and tell everyone you're a drug addict. Put it on the list. But um, no, but... Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is generalized anxiety doesn't come from that. There, There is not a something that causes that and you said before the worrying about the money i i would like to posit that that uh that anxiety is probably what causes that worry because my whole life i've been worried about money when and and when i had it when i didn't have it uh, i never thought that i had enough i always felt like i needed more and all that stuff and um and that's something i freed myself from recently in the past year and a half doing all this work on myself and I've realized that that kind of went away when I was able to start controlling the anxiety. So as so I you know as a as humans in this in this this era in the society that we're in, we we're, things are pounded into our heads from the day that we're born, right? Yeah. And one of those things is that you need to have a good job and make good money and buy a house and have a family. I guess that's four of those things. But you understand what I'm saying? That lineage of the way that you're supposed to go. So we grow up with that already instilled with us. From day one, we're worried about failing in that. And that causes 
you know, a generalized anxiety that that it's, it's it's an underneath thing. You don't know that that's what's causing it. But, but, but when your anxiety that you're, that you're going to have anyway comes up, it'll start manifesting itself in those directions. Mm -hmm. So you might, you might be at home, uh, experiencing some sort of generalized anxiety, uh, that might have nothing to do with anything except the fact that some of your hormones are off balance or you fucking did too much dope last night or you drank too much or whatever it may be. Um, but that comes out of you in the way of, holy shit, I'm fucking 36 years old and I'm not making enough money. I'm not doing as well as uh, fucking Pete and Sally next door or I don't have this and I don't have that. And because and, your brain looks for places for you to put to put the, that on because you have to rationalize. As a human being, we have to rationalize things, you know. But as soon as you realize that that's not that's not what that's not the way it works, like, as a matter of fact, I mean, if you even want to get deeper in it, one of, one of, one of the things that I've learned uh, that has really helped me out is that even your thoughts and emotions aren't real. Right. You know, so, so if you could look, and, and, and I don't want to turn this into a meditation show, but I'm just going to use meditation for this one thing. One of the main things that meditation does that I think would be helpful to every human being on the earth is that it teaches you to, to see your thoughts and your emotions from kind of an outside perspective. So instead of getting an emotion, right? So instead of getting an emotion of anxiety or an emotion of fear or a thought that you're inadequate or, or a thought that you're not doing as well as you should or any of that, uh, generally when you, when you would get that, especially if you're suffering from, from anxiety, you feel that 100%. You become that feeling, right? There's no way out of it. That's why, it's, that's why people overreact. That's why people, if they get like a, a bill in the mail that they weren't expecting, fucking freak out and punch a wall or all these things that people do is because they can't distinguish the fact that that feeling is different from who they are. They just think that this is real. This is what's happening. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So through meditation... What you end up doing, and and look, I've only been doing I've been only been practicing meditation for not even two years yet, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a fucking guru, fucking monk or anything. But from what I could see, is that if you learn to let thoughts come in and then go, you start to realize that they're only just thoughts and they don't matter. You see, so as you do that, you could break almost separate physically separate yourself from the 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 the, the nerve endings, the synaptic pulses that happen in your body when you really feel that feeling and that alone will will take away a lot of the anxiety i don't know if i explained that correctly but no you get what i'm saying the way i was you know picturing what you were saying was almost like break down the complexity of the shit that goes on in our head and just realize that you know this is all just extra shit yeah that's just you know around us and that you're still you and it's just like that's kind of how i think you know what i mean i always just say like you know, a day is a day, you know what I mean? No matter what you have, no matter how much or how little you have, you're just still going to have that day. You know what I mean? Whether you're sitting in a fucking mansion or homeless, you're still yourself and you're going to make the day go the way you want it to go. Yeah. No matter what, you know, the outside forces bring to you. And also, yourself is all you ever have. Right. So it doesn't the, – the guy sitting in the mansion could be miserable and the guy sitting in a cardboard box could be fucking ecstatic. Right, right. Because it, it doesn't matter where you are, how much shit you have. None of that shit matters. What matters is that you're happy – you could be happy by yourself in a field, in a fucking cave with no clothes. If you could be happy in that situation, then you'll be happy in life. Right. If you're the type of person who can't 
who 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 lets his emotions and his thoughts control everything that they do, then no amount of money, no amount of wealth, no amount of fucking hot girlfriends or cars or anything like that will ever make you happy. So that's what I don't understand about myself because I know that all of that shit means nothing to me. Right. I know that. You know what I mean? I'm not materialistic. I'm not superficial. I don't care. I can I can be homeless. I've been homeless. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I've been homeless and happy. And it's almost like I'm I'm almost I almost have less anxiety when I have nothing. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Oh, of course it does. Like I've done a few like stretches in rehab or whatever and like one thing that I I've never been in jail but one thing i can sympathize with people that are in jail for a while and then get out into the real world and don't know how to handle it is because you know when you're institutionalized like that all your anxiety goes away Mm -hmm. because it's almost like there is no outside forces you have nothing to worry about your your day is lined up and you really don't have much responsibility except not to fucking hurt yourself right you know what i mean and that's really it or make a shiv and kill a mexican yeah right and that's it you know and 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 then you go, you come out into this world and there's all these fucking problems and all this like big design that we have to like you said follow all these stupid things and you know create or you know achieve things and, right you know but it's weird because none of that I, I try and think about that stuff and that shit doesn't bother me I never really get overwhelmed by that stuff it's just well you might be getting overwhelmed you just don't recognize it you know yes I, I don't Cause because it's 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 building up inside of you. Right. You know, like what Eckhart Tolle would call the pain center. It's 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 all this subconscious shit that you're just building up in in the center of you. I am a builder. That's that's that's, you know, sooner or later going to start pulsing out and causing this anxiety and this depression. Right. And I mean, and and I I could totally see the the prison thing. Like, yeah, it sucks that you don't have freedom. But, you know, you're looking at say you're looking at a five year bid and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, you know, I can't be mad at myself for not having a job or not having a good job or anything like that because I there's nothing I could do about that for fucking five years. Or, you know, it, it does. It dissolves a lot of the. Uh, the extra bullshit that we deal with exactly. on, you know, right. So, so I guess the, the way to look at it would be, and and I guess the way that I look at it is is that you want to get yourself to as close as that person in jail, um, but obviously not institutionalized, you know, yeah. like not locked up. You know, so, mindset wise, yeah, mindset wise, yeah. you know, and 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 what you said before, when you have more anxiety, when you have more stuff, I mean, that's. That's one hundred percent true. That's why I don't have I don't have anything anymore. That's why I'm trying to sell and give away everything I own because, and that's why, uh, you know, if I, once I do buy a house, if I do buy a house, uh, which I probably won't, I'll probably just rent for the rest of my life. But even if I did, it's going to be a small house that only will fucking meet whatever needs I have, whether that be a kid or one car or a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. But just as much, not too much, because. That's what happens. And I 100% believe that. Yeah, you know, every, everybody wants to puff out their chest and they want to show, you know, their, their wealth and everything like that. But all that stuff fucking owns you. You don't own it. Mm-hmm. You know, the more shit you yeah, got you, you to keep up with, the more like those little things throughout the day, whether you, you, you don't think of them or not, th- those all cause pressure. They're all, you know, they're all putting right. stress on your life. And that's why I see, uh, you know, the way I see it, you know, I'm not saying this is the way it is. But I always feel like people that do need to do that shit, like, have a problem with themselves because they need all that shit. And that's why, because, like, I I don't need anything. And I'm fine. So that's why I'm confused. You know what I mean? 
But uh, uh, so uh, you're saying so you feel like you've already reached that point where you you know that, that no amount of material or or wealth or anything like that is going to really change the way that you are, but you still feel this anxiety. Yeah, and you wonder like, why you feel anxiety. I don't want. There's nothing I want. You know right. what I mean? Like if you told me right now, like I, I I could have anything in the world, and you know as much of it as possible. Like all you know, I just want to fucking chill. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Anxiety's anxiety's a weird thing, and it's a fickle bitch. It, it is. It's a fickle beast. <laughs> yeah. And. um <laughs> And uh, I, I, the the first thing you need to do is get the fuck off the drugs because it's yeah. not making it any worse. I know, you know, it, like it, it might be a spot correction for what you're feeling, but in the long run, it's just making it. It's just making it a hundred times worse. Of course it is. I know it is. You know what I mean? And I'm fed up with it. It's just you know, it makes the days easier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. You know, this, for the time being. You know, like. I'm not. I mean, I I would like to go into some type of rehab for a little bit, but not. I can't right now, and unfortunately, you know. Well, why can't you right now? Because of your work. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't just leave my job and lose my job. Like I'm the only person at my job. Like mm-hmm. if I go to rehab, the business crumbles, and that guy loses his business. You know what I mean? So okay. I'm not gonna have that on my shoulders. But your your work is seasonal. So are you committed to maybe going to a rehab as soon as the season lets up? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> don't act so fucking laissez-faire. Well, I about mean, it. like if if I haven't done something about it by then, right? You know that I I wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm-hmm. It's just you know if I have things that I got to do and stuff. That's you know like when I have been to rehab before it was when it, I was like you know what I have no other choice but this you know like. Mm-hmm. But don't you feel like you're getting to that point now? Yeah, I feel like I'm getting to that point. But like I said, like the the year like the past three or four years leading up to this year i was way more self-destructive and i had way more things to worry about than than this year and like i'm 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 at the point where i'm fed up with it but i'm i still feel like i could do it myself like i know a lot of people say that and it's easier said than done but i'm you know i just know that i'm at the point where i'm just like sick of it and getting through the days of feeling like shit that's not the hard part to me. The hard part to me is that after, you know, after I'm clean and I'm off the drugs, it's like, what the fuck do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what my problem is. I, yeah. And I'm familiar with that feeling. I know that feeling. You know, it's like, okay, I achieved this. So where, where does this lead me? Where well, then the you, t- you take all the time and energy that you, that you used to put into to self-destructive behavior and put that into something that might better your life, some sort of activity. Not just sitting around and watching TV, but let's say playing the drums. Let's say like putting your all into this podcast or, you know, like take the, the, the positive things in your life and put that energy that you normally would have put into getting fucked up. And then and then it, 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 and it will pay dividends, you know, because you're actually. I know it will. Like I've, I've sat and thought about it and I thought about all the, like how, how more prosperous I would be without the drugs. And believe me, I've added up numbers and. <laughs> It's very depressing. I mean, at this point, like, if I add up all the numbers of money I spend on drugs and money I spend on lawyers and money I spend on fines and add all that up, I could buy a house cash right now. I thought you were going to say guns, Warren Zevon. But <laughs> yeah, and it, right, right, exactly. And, and and that's a shitty feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you're, do you feel like you're, uh, like, racing the clock here? Like, now that we're, 
you know, you're about to turn 36 in a few days and that's closer to 40 than it is 30. Do you feel like you're, you're kind of, this is like the, the do or die moment, yeah. no pun intended kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That, no. And that, that, I think that, I think that kind of pressure is healthy. You know, you want to, you want to limit the amount of pressure that you put yourself on life in life. But if, at least you at 35, about to be 36 years old are seeing it from the perspective of, holy shit, I don't want to be this way. Uh, I'm I'm getting closer to middle age than I'd like to. That I don't have years to fuck around and play with anymore. What can I do about this? I mean, at, just even having that perspective is is a good footing to have. Yeah. Because most people in your situation don't have that. They might sit there and think, oh, you know, things will change, things will change. But they the, the not having that pressure won't ever force them to make things change. Right. I did that for years. You know, it's I know this is nowhere near as uh, close to a, a like a compare in comparison to a heroin addiction. But you know, one of the biggest regrets in my life that I have, I shouldn't call it a regret. I don't have any regrets. I don't like to look in the past, but, but something that I wish that I didn't spend so much, so long doing was the job that I used to have. Mm. Right. It was, it was a bad job. Uh, it, it, it was, it, the, the company itself was, there was a horrible company. It was an unhealthy environment. Um, and, and I just did it because the money was good. That's the only reason that I did it. And every year there was a thing where I would say every year, uh, next Christmas, um, because it was, you know, it was managing a retail store, so so Christmas was the the worst thing ever. I, I used to dread the holidays. You know, like most people are looking forward to the holidays because they're going to have off and see their families and do all that shit. The holidays were the most anxiety-inducing thing in the world because not only did I have to work extra hours and be there on the weekends and bullshit, but then I had to figure out a way to go see the girlfriend's family and go see my family and then and then you know uh, like hang out, presents, hang out, uh, be able to go (laughs) go out on fucking um, like go see my family on Thanksgiving and then wake up at four in the morning to go to fucking Black Friday, which is the biggest, you know, all that bullshit, right? So there is so for years I said to myself there is no way I'm still I'm still going to be doing this next next season uh, next Christmas season. I said that for years and I I believe that that's the same kind of thing that you were probably going through years ago where you were where you were just saying like I don't want to do this um but things will change. You just feel like things will naturally change but you never put anything in motion to actually make those things change, yeah, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I know that feeling. I know it on a much lesser level uh, as far as the severity of the situation yeah, it's, goes. It's the whole I'll start my diet tomorrow thing. Right, right, yeah. exactly. But in your mind, you go to bed and you sleep soundly thinking that oh, I got a lot of time. Like I remember when I was 30 years old, you know, I I remember turning 30 um, I just uh, I just moved to to the Manhattan location, so it was kind of like a breath of fresh air, and I was making a, a lot more money than I had been in the New Jersey locations, and I still hated myself for still working this job, but I kept saying to myself, "I'm only thirty. I just I was twenty nine a couple days ago. I'm only thirty, you know." And then by the time I was thirty four and I was still in the situation, that's where I came to the bridge where I think you're coming to now, where I was like, "Fuck, I'm thirty four." And and this is not what I want to do for the rest of my fucking life. I need to make a decision now, and it needs to happen now. And and it was the greatest decision I've ever made in my life, and and I don't regret any of that. And and the, I, the pressure of, that I put on myself because of age and because of all that 
is you know so that's what i'm saying is that what yeah. you're doing what the way you the way thing. that you're thinking right now is a really good thing yeah you just need to you just need to put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. slow steps and you know what about bob style until it fucking it unravels itself right you know i'm still my life still hasn't unraveled itself you know my, i put one foot in front of the other as far as getting out of the situations that i hated to be in um and i've been putting one foot in front of the other in order to get to other situations that i want to be in but it takes a long time but the sooner you start it, the sooner it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? I know. But I, I, I was in that mindset forever. Forever I thought that way. I would just sit there and magically think, well, you know, and, and, and another thing that I used to do all the time, uh, which is embarrassing, but whatever, is I would always uh, compare myself to where people were. So, like, say there, say there was a, a comedian that I really liked. And say he was in his... Yeah, we talk about this all the time. Oh, did I? In, 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 we always, we've always talked about this. Like, if they're the same age as you, and you're like, look what they're doing at that age. Yeah, or, like, or, yeah or even if it was an older guy, I would go back and, and I would, like, look at their Wikipedia and see where they were when they were my age. Yeah, yeah. And then if they weren't anywhere when they were my age, it would make me feel good about myself. So I'm like, oh, I got time. I could, <laughs> I could, go, I could go do the things I want to do. I got time. But then you don't do it. You just sit there yeah. and feel good about yourself because you're like, ah, I'm only 30. You know, this dude didn't even start doing anything until he was 36. That, you know? That sounds like heroin. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what know? I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, and I think, I, I don't know for sure, There's there might be people out there listening to this who can't relate whatsoever. And if you can't, fucking God bless you, your life is awesome. Yeah. But I, I believe that that this is a universal subject that everybody goes through, whether it's a bad job or a bad relationship or, or, or an addiction or uh, whatever whatever it is. I think at one point we, we fall into that, that mindset of, you know, oh, things are going to change. Things are going to magically change. I'm mm. not going to be like this forever. I don't deserve this. This isn't who I am. But then you don't do anything to change it. And that's the scary proposition because you can... I think that's the scariest thing that you're flirting with. Um, it sounds, you know, obviously the the really bad thing that I don't even want to bring up, but but is that waking up one day and you're 50 years old and you're still a heroin addict and don't have a good job and you've wasted your life. At that point, then there's some serious shit that you got to deal with, yeah. you know. But at our age and our situation right now, there's 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 a lot of change that can happen. And that's what I've always hated about myself that I didn't become a drug addict until my late twenties. You know what I mean? People usually get that over with in their young like you know, teenage to early twenties. Like yeah. I was fine my whole life. I was doing really good and then my late twenties came and then I turned into a fucking twenty year old. Yeah. You know? right. It was weird. Yeah. That's the way it works. Well you can't you know, you can't number one, you can't you can't blame yourself for shit and you definitely can't look back and, and regret anything. Right. There's there's, there's no there's regret. no point in doing any of that, you know? Like maybe if I never did anything my whole life and my life sucked and I you know, and I, I had you know, nothing to look back on or anything, yeah, maybe I'd be more depressed about it, but I don't have any like I don't regret becoming a drug addict. You know, like it's actually taught me a lot of a lot of shit, you know, about myself. And I've been through a lot of shit, like a lot of hard shit that almost like made me, you know, I've like, I guess, thickened my skin a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and, and made me like, I guess, appreciate more and at the same time be able to deal with harder shit easier, you know, like sure. it takes like a lot for me to like break down or, you know, I, or to even like feel defeated, you know what I mean? Because... It can't get any worse than it ever than it once was. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, I get that. Like, aside from being like shot, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's really not much more you could do to me, guys. You know? 
yeah, which is kind of a little bit of a fantasy. I'm not uh, yeah, I was going to say, you, you kind of are looking forward to getting <laughs> yeah. shot. It's only with a silencer. Silencer. Right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. If you get shot with a big loud gun, I would be disappointed. That was but suck. a silencer. Yeah. It's all about the sound. Uh, <laughs> um, it's got the windows, got to roll down, and just the gun come out. <laughs> it's. Uh, it, I'm. I'm glad to hear you talk this way. You know, like uh, it, because you know, I get. I get. Uh, all the obviously because you don't even you don't use a computer <laughs> or anything <laughs> i get all the feedback i get all the emails from this show and and um and a lot of people out there feel the same way i do where they're, they're rooting for you uh but at the same time they're just like is this really gonna happen you know like right he, well you know the, the way i must come across on this show i just must sound like a fucking like you know guns blazing like maniac you know but i don't know if that's true yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, it, it may seem that way, but that's just you know a way to ham up, ham it up a little bit. But at the, you know, I, there is that side of me. But at the same time, like I am a normal person, you know. Right. And I do just want, I want like good shit to happen, and I know I'm putting like the stop sign on that by doing the things that I do. Mm-hmm. But I recognize it, you know. If you get it, this, this is something that I worry about. If, in all honesty, with you, is. If you get clean in the in in the sense of off the the bad drugs, is there some symbiotic relationship you'll be able to have with the lesser drugs as far as like let's say weed and alcohol, or are you going to have to be the dude that's fucking clean? I don't know. I think about that a lot because that's I know your personality, and that's what bothers me because I don't think I think the real tragedy. Of be becoming a uh, a, a airstream drug addict, so meaning you know uh, somebody basically addicted to opioids. I mean that's that's really the only drug addiction that there right. is, right? Yeah. You know, like I, I mean, so. I guess you could be addicted to coke, but that's a kind of a different thing. Yeah. But but like the 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 that that uh, that addiction is what I think about when drug addiction, and I think the real tragedy of that is that you you can't it's not a switch that you turn off no it's something that you'll now have to deal with every single waking moment of the rest of your life you just have to choose to deal with it positively yeah and that's 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 hard and i i know i you you are a loose cannon when you get drunk you know and and uh and so i worry I know the type of person you are, and I know that you'll you, once you kick it, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I could have some drinks." Of course, I could have some drinks, but mm-hmm. I, 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 that's a that's a constant worry that I have as a friend is that you're going to start drinking, and then sooner or later, it's just going to lead back to that, which is you know normally what happens. So, w- are you going to be committed to cutting everything out? Um, that's not the plan, but I mean, I'll see how it how it works out. You know, if I do plan on having like drinks or whatever, it's not like I'd put myself in an environment where if I get drunk, I'd even be able to go out and like cop some heroin. You know what I mean? I would, you know, I'd be drinking with like you guys or something, and it's not like you know I'd be able to even yeah, do but, anything in the first place. But I mean, I I've seen you 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 left my fucking uh, my apartment in Jersey City and disappeared for like three hours one night. To buy cigarettes. Mm. I swear to God, I would tell you right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was even on the phone. You guys like, I'm not going to get anything. I had so much shit with me. What was I going to get? I was going to get cigarettes. But what I'm saying is that you just, dr- whether you were going out or not for that, but you just like, you just drifted out of the party. You're a hammered drunk. You just drifted out of the party and just went out into the world for 
like definitely over an hour. You know, I, I lived in I lived in a, every place was closed. Uh, okay, but what I'm saying is, you're the type of person that makes friends very easily. So it's not it's not especially when you're drunk. So, I do always find shit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's so you, you I've seen it happen. You you get your mindset on something, and then you'll make it happen through through you know you're you're the type of person that if we're at a bar. Or at a party where there's other people there, you could walk up to a group of people, have them laughing in a couple seconds, and then all, and then they're they're eating out of your hand, and then you could get what you want out of them. I've seen you do it before. So you know, at what point do your inhibitions fall when you've been drinking, and then you make that happen? You know, because we are different people when we drink. We although we would yeah. love to fucking say that we're not, we are. You know? know, I've been I've been I've been studying my drinking a lot lately because I'm trying to cut it down and I don't like blacking out. And like the other night, uh, the other weekend when I blacked out uh, drinking at that that Fourth of July party, you know, I woke up the next day and I was like, okay, well, I could kind of remember this. It was more of like a brownout and in and out thing, and I could remember a couple things. And then I'm like, why did I make that decision? Would I have made that decision if I was fucking sober? Would I have done, you know, like that kind of thing? And and uh, some of them, yes, some of them, no. It does. It doesn't really matter, but. But especially once you get to that point where the alcohol, when you're on, your brain's on autopilot and the alcohol is fueling you, you don't have any control over that, I you know? know? And that's alcoholism, you know? Like, you know, we're sitting here talking about your fucking, your drug addiction. I, I should probably be talking about my alcoholism. I, 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 I understand that I'm an alcoholic and I just, I'm still might just be in that situation where I feel like I could control it, which I think I can. Maybe I'm more of a dry drunk than I am really even a drunk, you know? But it's, 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 I have those tendencies in me, you know, if I really wanted to be a complete person, I would probably start going to meetings and get off of alcohol. But I'm in, I'm kind of in that same situation where I'm like, I don't want to stop partying. I'm a single guy. I'm going on fucking dates and, and, and and meeting people and shit. I don't want to stop. Like, I like having a few fucking drinks and getting a little loose. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to cope with. But in this, in, in our growing up, you know, since alcohol is illegal, I mean, illegal, we, you know, we see it as a lesser evil, right. you know, so it's and, and and being an alcoholic is more socially acceptable than being a heroin addict. Which is or, really weird because, man, I've seen people in rehab where being an alcoholic is the hardest thing to to conquer. Like if you're a full blown alky, like they get the most meds, they're, mm-hmm. in, the, they're in the worst shape, they're in the, you know, the closest danger to death. Sure. You know, and it's well, isn't isn't withdrawing from alcohol the most dangerous yes yeah yeah you need a lot of medication and we're talking about like real alcoholism yeah, like, where you like wake you, you up wake and up drink vodka and yeah, shit right yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but uh but yeah i could see that i mean i'm nowhere near that i maybe shouldn't call myself an alcoholic if that's the thing yeah you're not stashing vodka bottles no no and i could house. and i could also live like i could i've had i've had a, a half uh, a bottle of vodka in my cabinet for fucking weeks now that I haven't touched. Yeah. I guess if I was a real alcoholic, that shit would have been. I would drink until that shit's gone. You'd be buying one every and day. And you know what? There's there were certain points in my life where that happened. Like there there was certain points, especially in my mid and early twenties. Uh, you know, when I, when I, when I had my first apartment, I was living on my own. Like there wasn't, we couldn't, and my girlfriend was an alcoholic as well. We couldn't keep alcohol there. Like we would go buy alcohol and beer and that shit would be gone that night. Yeah. And, and if there, there's no, at no point where we're saving anything for anything, you know? Mm. So I, I understand where that comes from as well. It's, it's all, 
it's all universal. It's just a matter of what what kind of shit you get yourself into. Mm-hmm. Most people just get their shit and you know get into alcoholism because it's legal and there's so many places to go and do it and it's a social thing and it makes you you know you think that it makes you funnier and and all that stuff or what you know more open and willing to talk to people and experience yeah. things and you know when the truth is and we all know deep inside that that's not true at all it's it's just yeah i don't know well, that's like the, the beer muscles thing you know yeah so right you become a hero right like i i, I know for you know i, I again because i'm studying it but i know like I, when i start drinking i do i get i know that i get loud and i know that i try to become the fucking center of, of the party all the time i'm trying to make everybody laugh and i'm trying to be like fucking oh funny dev and shit and and, and when it's happening I know that I feel very confident about it where I'm like, oh, man, I'm fucking killing. Like, everyone's digging this and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll wake up the next day and I'll think of some of the things. Yeah, I wasn't killing. I'll th- well, but I'll, I'll think of some of the things I just straight up said and I'll just be like, oh, fuck, why did I say that? Did I offend this person? You know, like, what are they going to think about me? Blah, blah, blah. Not to mention the straight out fucking lies yeah. that <laughs> they come out of my mouth. But But it's all part of that thing. I don't know. Do you get that, like... Do you do you do you go on a, like a, I don't even know what to call it like a heroin binge or something like that and then and and then do you, is it do you, can you even since I've never done it uh, to that extent do you do, is it like do you remember every moment or you forget things or I know um, when you're on I know when you're on the Xanax yeah, which is um, when you're the worst yeah, by the way yeah. but that that you forget you no, black out no because I don't fucking I'm not like crazy you know like I. I've had my days, but I've never blacked out on heroin. I've, you know, I've fell asleep, (laughs) you know, but anything that happens, I'm well aware of. I'm not like, I'm not any more of this or any more of that or, you know, doing things that I regret or anything. I'm just, you know. Yeah. It's just normal. It's just like, I don't know. It's it, it it's not like drinking or any of that. Right. The, the Xanax is like drinking. Right. Like you know, if I take two bars of Xanax, it's like I drank a thirty pack, and I'm fucking like making out with every person I see. You know. Right. And being a complete fucking a stubborn prick. Yeah. To uh, yeah. to your best Just friends who are fights. trying to give you opportunities in life. <laughs> to the point where he has to, <laughs> to kick you out of the studio, and then you try to eat chicken parm. Yeah, and I get really hungry on Xanax. So. Dude, you get really hungry on fucking <laughs> everything. I I've never seen somebody eat more fucking... We used to drop like fucking five hits of acid and you'd, I'd look over. Everything in the world would be melting and scary. And I'd look over and you'd be like licking your fingers because you just ate a fucking Entenmann's cake. <laughs> I have to deal with that joke every day in my life. Everybody rips on me for eating everything. We're at the restaurant last night and I like ordered this big ass thing. And they're like, is that for two? And I was like, come on. <laughs> Oh, he's going to eat it. And then, of course, when the plate's empty, he's like, oh, then we didn't see that coming. Yeah. What the fuck, man? You're one of those dudes. It's food. Look, I've said it before, but I watched you eat seven hamburgers at a fucking, <laughs> at a party one time with, like, fucking uh, macaroni salad on top of them. Bang it. It was not, I've never seen a feat like that in my life. Mm. It was like, uh, and you're a small dude. Yeah. You're a tiny dude. I don't know how you do it. You're like one of those Asians who fucking. <laughs> Wiggle down the hot dogs. Get the hot dogs in water and fucking, it's, it's nuts. Well, look, uh, I'm glad, like I said before, to reiterate that you're you're thinking this way. I think that the people to listen to this podcast will probably be a little relieved to hear that you're thinking this way. Um, and uh, and I, I, you know, this is something that's ongoing, and we're gonna we're gonna check back in on it. But 
But it's good to know, especially since the way that you were that I mean, we're joking about it now, but the way that you were that day when you were all on the Xanax and you were all fucked up and we got into that big fight, you know, I spent most of my vacation worrying about that because I'm like, what the fuck? It, 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 it seemed like such a backslide from the, how good you've got you were getting that it really worried me. So for for two short weeks later or three weeks later for you to be in here sober with your eyes open telling me that you, that you really you're at your wit's end and that you really want to make something happen. I mean, for me as a friend, not as your your business partner podcast host know, fucking guy, as a friend, that that really gives me hope and I hope that you stick with it. I'm trying, man. Yeah. You know, it's I'm not I'm not like fuck it, I'm just going to be a drug addict. I mean, I have thought like that before in the past. But, I mean, I just want good shit, you know what I mean? I'm tired of, like, you know, ruining myself and not being, you know, not being myself, yeah. you know? It's, it's tiring. Right. I'm getting tired. Right. <laughs> getting old. Well, I'm going to teach you some deep breathing habits. We're going to start there, and you're gonna, we're <laughs> going to get, we're together, we're going to get this anxiety fucking taken care of, and then we'll get rid of the drugs, we'll start playing the fucking band, and... Uh, Sounds good. And uh, six months' time, we'll, we'll be completely different human beings. That sounds pretty good. Now, if I can only find some sort of employment, that would be great. But, mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise, we're, we'll figure it all out. Yeah. All right. Um, two serious episodes in a row. I was just going to say that. But we didn't, we didn't end this one with, a, uh, with any sort of dick talk. <laughs> I know. But that's right. Well, you know what? Friday. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring that up on Friday. All right. Friday, your birthday's on Saturday, so Friday yeah. will be your technical birthday show. All right. So maybe we'll have to do some celebrating. Yeah, we'll have, not a, couple, y- we'll have not, a couple drinks. Not your kind of celebrating. No, we'll have My drinks. kind of celebrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, anyway, thank you for listening to the Awkward Hi-Fi Podcast. If you like the show, go on iTunes and leave a written review. Once we have 100 written reviews, we're going to throw our 100 written review party. And uh, we're extending the band name thing a little bit longer. We were going to do it today, but we'll do it very soon. But if you have any other suggestions in that time, send them in, and uh, we'll wrap that up. And anything else? No. All right. See you in future days. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit Awkward High Five.